Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. Friends, I want to emphasize that the book of Esther is telling a real uh, history of events that took place. But it's in the form of a story that um, has a lot of interesting elements to it, and one of which is about to be introduced in this chapter in the form of a villain. Every good story needs um, a villain, and the story of Esther is about um, good overcoming evil, and the evil is a man named Haman. So let's meet this um, wicked man, Mr. Haman, now, Esther chapter 3. After these events, King Xerxes honored Haman, the son of Hamudetha, the Agagite, elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that of all the other nobles. All the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor. Then the royal officials at the king's gate asked Mordecai, Why do you not obey the king's command and pay honor to Haman? Day after day they spoke to him, but he refused to comply. Therefore they told Haman about it to see whether Mordecai's behavior would be tolerated, for he had told them he was a Jew. When Haman saw that Mordecai would not kneel down or pay him honor, He was enraged. Yet, having learned who Mordecai's people were, he scorned the idea of killing only Mordecai. Instead, Haman looked for a way to destroy all of Mordecai's people, the Jews, throughout the whole kingdom of Xerxes. In the twelfth year of King Xerxes, in the first month, the month of Nisan, the Pur, that is the Lot, was cast in the presence of Haman to select a day and month. And the lot fell on the twelfth month, the month of Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, There's a certain people dispersed among the peoples in all the provinces of your kingdom who keep themselves separate. Their customs are different from those of all other people, and they do not obey the king's laws. It is not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. If it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them, and I will give ten thousand talents of silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury. So the king took his signet ring from off of his finger and gave it to Haman, the son of Hamudatha, the Agagite, the enemy of the Jews. Keep your money, the king said to Haman, and do with the people as you please. Then, on the thirteenth day of the first month, the royal secretaries were summoned. They wrote out in the script of each province and in the language of each people all of Haman's instructions and the king's satraps, the governors, and the various provinces and the nobles of the various people. These were written in the name of King Xerxes himself and sealed with his own signet ring. Dispatches were sent by couriers to all of the king's provinces with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate all Jews, both young and old, men 
and women and children on a single day. The 13th day of the 12th month, the month of Adar, and to plunder all of their goods. A copy of the text of the edict was to be issued as law in every province and made known to the people of every nationality, so that they would be ready for that day. The couriers went out, spurred on by the king's command, and the edict was issued in the citadel of Susa. The king and Haman sat down to drink, but the citadel of Susa was bewildered. So we begin this chapter with um, King Xerxes honoring this man named Haman and elevating Haman above all of the other advisors and all of the leaders in the Persian kingdom. So he's made higher than all of the nobles. And um, in verse 2 we read, All of the royal officials at the king's gate knelt down and paid honor to Haman, for the king had commanded this concerning him. But Mordecai wouldn't kneel or pay him honor. Now this was um, against the religion of the Jews to bow down and worship essentially a man. And so therefore Mordecai was duty bound to the Lord, although the text doesn't say that not to worship Haman. But it was brought to Haman's attention by the other um, officials. And um, uh, when Haman realized that Mordecai was refusing to to kneel down and do obeisance before him, he was enraged. Now, this takes an interesting turn because um, Haman was a very powerful official. He could have just dealt with Mordecai, but he wasn't satisfied to just deal with Mordecai and have him incarcerated or even executed. Oh, no. Haman decided he wanted to destroy every person connected to Mordecai. And he found out that Mordecai was a Jew, so he wanted to destroy every Jew in the Persian kingdom, essentially every Jew on earth. And so this this attempt by um, uh, Haman to eradicate the Jews really typifies the work of Satan. Satan has been trying to destroy the Jews since Abraham made a covenant with God the Father, with Yahweh. And so this Haman is trying to um, eradicate not just Mordecai, but all Jews. Now, unbeknownst to Haman, the new queen is a Jew. That's not talked about in this chapter. But in the wings is Esther, who's Jewish. And so Esther is um, uh, in the king's palace, unaware of Haman's evil plot at this point, but nevertheless, she's there. And so Haman goes to King Xerxes, and he he tells him about the Jews. He said, um, they don't obey the king's orders. It's not in the king's best interest to tolerate them. They're in all of your kingdoms, scatter all over the place. And therefore, if it pleases the king, let a decree be issued to destroy them. And Haman offers to pay for this ruling to enforce it. He says, I'll give 10,000 talents of my silver to the king's administrators for the royal treasury for destroying these Jewish people. And the king was pleased with Haman's um, seeming loyalty. And so he takes off his signet ring. He gives it to Haman. And he says, "Um, uh, you keep your money, but do what you feel like is best with these Jewish people. And um, so Haman has authorization from King Xerxes. He calls together all of the scribes uh, in the Persian kingdom. He has them write out a decree uh, 
each in its own language for the various people of the Persian Empire. And once again, in real time, these decrees go out into the kingdom. Dispatches were sent by courier to every province with the order to destroy, kill, and annihilate the Jews on a certain day. Now, the day was selected by casting lots. The lots at that time were called pure, in English, P-U-R, pure. And so the pur were cast to select the date for the execution of all Jewish people. You may have heard of the Jewish festival of Purim. Purim is, is plural for pure. Pure, plural, Purim. Im is plural in Hebrew. So these lots, the holiday of the Jews known as Purim, is named for these lots. Here, it's very nefarious. There's um, a wicked intent by Haman, the enemy of the Jews, to kill them on a certain date that was selected by Lot, by Pur. But the Lord is working behind the scenes, and there's no mention of his plan in this chapter. But nevertheless, as these royal edicts go out to every corner of the Persian Empire, as directed by Haman, the wicked adversary of the Jews, the Lord has a plan to protect his kingdom people. And so, Lord, we thank you that your unseen hand was moving at the time of the Persian kingdom to protect your people from the assaults of this evil man, Haman. Lord, we ask that your unseen hand would be moving on our behalf to protect us and our families in this time in which we live. God, we love you. We appeal to you for your protection and your guidance. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.